0: Praise God everybody, I just wanted to sit down today and um, take a look at a couple verses of scripture with everyone. Um, Let me start I suppose by saying that I'm a firm believer that when we look at scripture we should look at it in context, in full context, uh, all the way through. It's very dangerous to pull selected scriptures out of their context and try to make them say things that we would want them to say or that we think they say or whatever. And so that having been said, when you get into the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapters 5, 6, 7, even on over into chapter 8 where the narrative changes and we see just the total healing ministry of Jesus in Matthew 8, but uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 deals pretty much with the Sermon on the Mount, which is one of the most famous sermons ever preached, I believe, in the whole world. It was preached by Jesus Christ Himself, the Son of God. And um, I don't know about a lot of people today, but I kind of like to take the words of Jesus or the word in the Bible, whether whether it was Paul or or Jesus or James or Moses or... Elijah or Isaiah, whatever, the Bible, I like to take the words for what they mean verbatim in black and white on the paper and not try to uh, explain it away. Or uh, Now, here's an exception to that. You do add scripture upon scripture. So we might have a verse, let's just say, in Matthew chapter 7, and then there might be a teaching over in 1 Peter uh, you know, chapter 1 that further adds to that verse. We need to do that. It's called rightly dividing the Word of God. Uh, but as far as, um, you know, you take a verse out of, uh, you know, out of its context and just say, here's what I think it means. I try to stay away from that, because I like to let Scripture interpret Scripture, and I like to take Jesus for what He said. I mean, He, he, he said it, so He meant it, right? And I don't have to really have, uh, I don't have to add qualifiers to it. I don't have to uh, run it through the experiences of my life. I just take it as Jesus said this, so now my life needs to conform to what the Word of God has said. All right, so let's read a couple verses here in Matthew. Uh, we'll start in chapter 7. Let's start in verse 7, Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it shall be given you, seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? And here's verse 12. Therefore all things, whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Now here's, here's something about that verse of Scripture. We, we have always you know, understood that. We need to do to others what we would like them to do to us. But it's much deeper than that. In reality, it's so much beyond that. It goes to a whole new level when Jesus is teaching this. The first thing that it's saying there is that your action to this person, you're treating them the way you would want to be treated, you're doing to them as you would want them to do to you. Your action to that person is a seed that you are sowing of what you want from them. There's a, an old saying that says, if you want to have a friend, be a friend. The man who wants friends must show himself friendly, etc. and so forth. So, just like words, just like thoughts, actions are also a seed. A seed that it's intended to sprout up over into the life of the other person as well. That's one thing Jesus was saying. And another thing he was saying is that when we do to men what we want them to do to us, we are modeling proper behavior towards them. And let's just say they're not Christians right now. Let's say they're not believers. But yet, They see us consistently doing the right thing. They see us being obedient to the Word of God and living it out. It's modeling that proper behavior towards them. It's sowing a seed into their hearts to bring them to Christ. This scripture is here for so many more uh, reasons than just the common thoughts that we have when we've heard it over the years do unto others as you would have them do unto you and, and, and that's a popular thing and it's right, it's absolutely right that's absolutely what the scripture says but the implications of it go far beyond just um, some lofty moral idea it is a, it is a moral and it's a moral that every Christian should have. There's nothing worse than a believer who, t- who takes revenge on another person. There's nothing worse than that. There's nothing worse than a believer that uh, gets into verbal, or hopefully not physical, but verbal fights with others. There's, there's, there's nothing worse than believers constantly showing impatience with others and so on and so forth, because it models inappropriate behavior, and it's a poor witness for Christ. So Jesus is dealing with this. He's talking about this. Now, we understand that there are times when the Holy Spirit will lead us. This is why in Exodus chapter 14, verse 14, it basically says, let's just turn there and read it. I don't want to try to quote it from memory because I'm thinking about several different things right now. So let's go to Exodus 14, 14 and uh, shed a little bit of light on this here. The Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Now there's a, that's the reason um, when you take that in in compare it with what's being taught by Christ in the Sermon on the Mount, you begin to understand the Lord shall fight for you, but you shall hold your peace. And the reason is so that we can consistently continue to model that proper Christ-like behavior. And we, we pray, and we trust that the Lord will fight for us. The Lord will defend us. The Lord will come to our aid and to our rescue. And He will take care of any situations that arise whether they're interpersonal or otherwise. Our priority is not to do the fighting. Our priority is not to do the defending. Our priority is not to uh, uh, do, do any of that at all. Our priority is to model proper behavior and to sow good seed into the hearts of others. It's deeper than the surface of the scripture. Let's read it again. Therefore all things, whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. You remember how in the law it says, you know, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not covet. All these different types of things. And so in other words, basically it's saying here if we would just treat people right, that's the law. And that's the prophets. The prophets preached personal holiness. The prophets preached um, right, righteousness before God and living right and separating from sin. And all of this is contained in one key ingredient that every believer has to have and that is the baptism in the Holy Spirit because when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit and when we're full of the Holy Spirit and when our faith is in the cross and what Jesus did for us then the Holy Spirit comes and he begins to help us he begins to help us hold our tongue he begins to help us not be impatient not be prideful and arrogant he begins to help us to conform us into the very image of Jesus Christ, and when that happens, and, and it's a lifelong process, friend. You're not going to get this all at one time. You don't, uh, you know, you don't go into the prayer closet and boom, you come out and you're just like Jesus. This is a process. All of our lives, we learn to be like Jesus. We learn. To be like Christ. And so, the, the, the scripture, you look at the words in black and white. You take them for what they mean. A, a good example, look in chapter 7, verse 1 of Matthew. Judge not that you be not judged. Now, we don't have to qualify that. We have to understand what the words mean. So, what, what does the, the word used in the Greek for judge there mean? Okay, and we're not going to explain all that today, but it's pretty plain and it's pretty simple. Um, So much in this, go go up to chapter 5, verse 44, but I say unto you, this is Jesus Christ talking, this is the Master, this is the Savior talking to us here, I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. So you notice that Jesus said, Love, Bless, Do good, And pray. He didn't say anything in there about I'm I'm just going to be blunt with it, he didn't say anything in there about stay away from them, but pray for them. And there's a reason why he didn't, and it goes back to Exodus 14, 14, where he said, The Lord will fight for you. You shall hold your peace. The Lord will. So, in other words, there comes times in our lives And there comes people in our lives that would just take advantage of us on every turn if we allowed it to happen. But we are not to fight them. And we're not even necessarily to stay away from them. Now sometimes you have to, but here's where that comes in. Let the Holy Spirit lead you away from them. Let the Holy Spirit do the protecting and the defending. Because God might want you right smack in the middle of their life to model Christ-like behavior and to witness to them and to sow a seed into their heart. Sometimes they're even Christians. And the Lord's going to use your life to convict them of some of the things that they have done or some of the ways that they act or some of the ways that they behave. And so Jesus went far beyond, again it's deeper than the surface, He went far beyond, well, just pray for them. No, he said love, he said bless, he said do good, and he said pray. That's Matthew 5, 44. And in 45 it says, that, or in order, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. You see, because, you know, the last time I sinned, God didn't just stay away from me me and pray for me. God is actively involved in the lives of His children even when they mess up, even when they make mistakes. God is still involved in our lives. And so we are to imitate Him. We can't do that in our own strength. We've got to have the Holy Spirit to do that. It is impossible for any of us to live up to this 100% of the time in our lives. It's impossible. You can try. And you should try. Let me be honest. Let me just lay it out there honestly for you. You should try to live up to it 100% of the time. The scripture tells us to strive to enter in. But it's almost impossible. It's, it's, It's absolutely impossible. Without the help of the Holy Spirit. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, we're going to mess up a lot more than we're going to mess up with His help. He's going to help us, and we're going to progressively grow in these type of things. And so what we see here in this very short message today, I want to, I want to read that uh, both sets of verses again. Let's read Matthew 5, 45, and 46. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, and do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, not the The last time I, you know, that's still in force for you and I as Christians in 2018 and beyond. That is still in force right there. Jesus said it and it does not change. God does not change. His word does not change. And I don't care what translation you read it out of. It still says the same thing. That you may be the children of your father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good. And He sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. That's why we can't say, you know, uh, I got a guy in my life that did something against me, and I, just, you know, God can't possibly be blessing him. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says He sends rain and sunshine on the evil and on the good, on the just and on the unjust, and we are called upon as Christians. To rejoice with them when they are blessed. And to be sorrowful when we see the judgment of God on them. See, because God is a judge. And sometimes the way people behave can bring the judgment of God to bear in their lives. We are living in the dispensation of grace. So it's not nearly as pronounced as it was in the Old Testament... And it's not as pronounced as it will yet one day be in the future. But nonetheless, it should make you and I sorrowful. When we see somebody, we could even say it this way. When we see somebody who's reaping what they've sown and it's on the negative end, it should make us hurt it should it should make us sorrow and we should pray and ask God to help them to have a good life and it has nothing to do with what has happened towards us now that's that's what Jesus taught people and i again as i said at the beginning of this little conversational type message today um I like to take Jesus for what He said. I don't want to add a bunch of psychology with it and try to rationalize things. I'm not interested in protecting Lynn because the Lord will fight for me, and I'm going to hold my peace. And I'm going to do. I'm going to call upon God for the help of the Holy Spirit to not go beyond the type of behavior that He wants from me as a Christian. Okay? And sometimes it takes every bit of faith and every bit of spiritual muscle that we can come up with in order to do that. You hear me? So, let's read this again. Let's keep reading here. I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? You see, if you're a loving person... To people that you're getting along with. If you're a loving person. To people who show you love. You have no reward. Absolutely at all. There's no reward for that. And when you get to heaven. You're not going to have a crown for that. You're not going to have a reward for that. Do not even the publicans. The same. The scripture says. So in other words. It's the people who are hard to love that's going to get us rewards if we love them. Okay, this, this is just honesty. This is just honesty what Jesus was teaching here. So if I want to get a reward when I get to heaven, I can't just love people who love me. I can't just love people who are nice to me. And if you look at that description again, remember he said, Love, bless, do good, and pray. And then it says, And if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? That's the whole thing about being a Christian. Christianity is always more than others. More God than others, more Jesus than others, more love than others, more helpfulness than others, more fruit of the Spirit than others. You get the picture of what I'm trying to say. It's kind of poor terminology because it doesn't explain the concept. But I preached a message years ago called Better Than Average. And I think that every Christian should strive for better than average. A better than average love life a better than average walk with the Lord a better than average family a better than average church and on and on we go because that's just that is the revolutionary portion of the gospel that's why Jesus Christ and his teachings are so revolutionary is because it's it's a step above. Because the world and the spirit of the world and humanity cannot produce this. Only the Holy Spirit can produce it. So if you salute your and only, what do you more than others? Do not even the public and so be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. And the word perfect in the Greek refers to maturity. And today I should be more mature in my walk with the Lord than I was yesterday. And here's the thing. Maturity has a lot to do with time. And that's why it's evolving. That's why today I should be more mature than yesterday. And tomorrow more than today. And next year more than today right now this year and the scripture gives us things that helps us in that maturing process Now, only the Holy Spirit can take these things that the scripture tells us and apply them to us and mature us we cannot really mature ourselves because our total makeup uh, as human beings is fallen even though we're born again that you know sp- that's, a, that's our reborn spirits we are born again But we still live in a flesh body and we still have this mind to deal with. And so what it's basically saying here is that maturing over time means just this. The Scripture talks about the importance of reading the Word of God and putting it in our hearts. The Scripture talks about the importance of prayer. The Scripture talks about About the importance of assembling ourselves together. Giving of our time and our efforts and our money and all of these other things to the work of the Lord. All these disciplines the Word of God talks about. And as we do those things and we have faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit begins to use those things to change us, to mature us, and it's over time. The, the more time, the more mature we become in the things of the Lord. And I'll, I'll tell you, there are things that used to bother me years ago that I don't even bat an eyelash over anymore. There's things that used to just infuriate me. And it, it just doesn't hardly even raise a bead of sweat on my forehead anymore. Why? Because I'm just resting in Jesus. The older I get... And the further I go, the more I just know that we have to enter into His rest, and the work is already done, and we just tap in by faith, praise God, and the Holy Spirit begins to do these works in our lives. And then my, my other motivation is found in chapter 7 of Matthew, verse 12, the first scripture we started with, Therefore all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. And then notice verse 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. So Notice the context. If you're a Christian that loves the Lord, you know how to give good gifts to people. If you're a Christian, you know how to love people. Because the love of God, the Bible says, has been shed abroad in our hearts. Okay? So when you do to people what you would have them do to you, without saying things like, Well, I never would have acted like they've acted. I never would have done to them what they did to me. On and on we go. And all of that may very well indeed be true. That's why we go back again. Exodus 14, 14. The Lord shall fight for you. And you shall hold your peace. Hold your peace, man. And believe God trust God, take Jesus at His word, that He's going to work in the situation. And you know what the Scripture said about that? About doing as you would have others do to you, entering in at the straight gate. Read it in its context. Matthew 7, chapter 7, verse 7, all the way down through verse 14. Read that contextually. So that means that if you and me as believers, are out here getting mad at people every day if we're refusing our friendship to people and the Lord has not led us to do such because sometimes the Holy Spirit... Now remember, the Holy Spirit will fight for you. He will defend you and He will protect you. And sometimes there are people that the Holy Spirit's going to lead them out of your life and lead you to stay away from them so that you don't get caught up in a bad situation. But other than that, you don't make that decision. Because if God wants you around those people, you're there. Why? Remember, we said you're there to sow a seed in their heart and life, and you're there to model proper behavior before them. According to the teachings of Jesus. Now, I don't know what Dr. Phil says. I don't know what Oprah says, and I really don't care. I don't don't know what the psychologist might tell you. I don't even know what some of your favorite modern preachers are going to tell you, but I know what Jesus taught. And I'm telling you here today what Jesus taught and how he taught this situation. So you and I just, bottom line, as we close this little message today, You and I just need to learn to depend upon the Holy Spirit. We need to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, not the voice of our minds or our emotions. When we react out of our emotions, the Scripture is telling us here in Matthew 7 that that is the broad way. That's the way that leads to death. That's the death cycle. But when we learn to hear and respond to the Holy Spirit, that's life. That's the life cycle. That's the narrow way that so few are able to find. I didn't say that. Jesus did. And so it's my prayer today, as I've been just reading through these verses, man, I'm reading the Bible through in a year again, and I actually read the Bible through three or four times a year. And I read some from the Old and some from the New Testament every day until it's finished, and then I start again. I just want to commit myself in 2018 and forevermore until I go home to be with the Lord, man. For the rest of my life, I just want to dedicate myself to taking Jesus at His Word, taking the prophets at their word, taking the Bible as it's written, and let the Holy Spirit apply it to my life. And He will lead me and guide me. He will protect and defend me. He will fight for me. I just have to be willing. If I'm willing to do the ridiculous, then God will be willing to do the supernatural. And that's something that I learned a long, long time ago in my life. And we've seen this ministry come so far just by having that type of faith mindset in the days that we're living in. So Father I thank you today for being able to bring this brief word maybe for some a fresh look at these verses of Scripture in the book of Matthew. God I just humble myself and ask you to make the changes in my life that you would desire to make. I ask you to deliver my heart from the ways of this world. I ask you dear God to help me to be a better follower of Christ So that when the world sees me, they don't see me, but they see Jesus. And that men and women, boys and girls, might come to the Savior as a result of the things that are said and done and the way that we live our lives as Christians. Father, bless my neighbor, bless my friend, bless my partners today as we've shared this word together. And I'll give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.